In fact, Mary, if you'd go back to the picture of my family for just a second. As you can see here is a picture of my parents. They raised me. They fed me. They clothed me. They changed me. They taught me to walk. They taught, taught me to talk and sing, to pray and to obey and to know God. They taught me the gospel. They taught me to read and to drive and to learn and to love. They taught me how to love, relate to people. You see, through my mom and dad, Joan and Harold Patz, studying for this sermon, I needed to call them this week and say, just thank you. Thank you for being my parents. Thanks for doing all these things for me. It is through my parents that God ruled me in my early years. It is through my parents that God protected and loved me. I had some pretty... Pretty bad ones. And I am here today to, to tell you what I think you know in your heart that thankfully the worst dad does not have to be in any is in no way who God the Father truly is. God the Father is a loving father to all his children. Most of you had okay fathers, some had great fathers, some had poor fathers, some had awesome fathers. Same goes for mothers. Every Mother's Day is, or Father's Day can be a day of rejoicing and a day of bringing some deep introspection and sadness. Each of us are called to honor our father and our mother. My sermon isn't this morning for just, grow, for just for the kids that just came up here or this nice row, this row of strapping boys that are waving at me right now, uh, but it is for them. It's for every one of you. If you, you're a grown kid, you're, or you're no longer, but you're a child of a mom and dad, you have a parent. And even if you don't have a parent, you are called into a spiritual family that is Really important to take these principles in mind. But this is also for relationships in your life. Like you have a boss. Some of you do. Most of you do. Not all of you. The government that is in our lives. The leaders that watch over us. The police. Your teachers. Maybe coaches. People that are over you in a, a type of authority. Well, let's look at the command. Exodus 20 verse 12. Here we read the fifth commandment. Honor your father and your mother. That your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Honor your father and mother. Now I want to read to you a collection. So if you just, just take this in for a minute. Don't, don't zone out, but listen with this in mind. I, I grouped all these passages together because I think that they all speak to the subject of the fifth commandment, honor your father and mother. So, so listen to these different passages throughout the Bible. Exodus 21, 15 and 17. Whoever strikes his father or his mother shall be put to death. Whoa. Whoever curses his father or his mother shall be put to death. 
Leviticus 19.32, You shall stand up before the gray head and honor the face of an old man, and you shall fear your God. I am the Lord. Proverbs 20, verse 20, if you curse, if one curses his father or his mother, his lamp will be put out into utter darkness. Proverbs 22, 23, father who gave you life and do not despise your mother when she's old. Buy truth and do not sell it. Buy wisdom, instruction and understanding. The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice. He who fathers a wise son will be glad in him. Let your father and mother be glad. Let her who bore you rejoice. Here's, here's a heavy verse. What do we do with this? Deuteronomy 21, 18 through 20. If a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his, his mother, and though they discipline him, he will not listen to them. Then his father and mother shall take hold of him and bring him out to the elders of his city gate and place the place where they live. And they shall say to the elders of the city, Your son, our, this our son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. Then all the men of the city shall stone him to death with stones. So you shall purge the evil from your midst. And all Israel shall hear and fear. Now, pretty heavy stuff, isn't it? Do you think God wanted the, the honoring of your parents to be taken really serious? Seriously? Yeah. Romans 1, 29 describes the, the decline of humankind because of the fall. And it says, you know what? The world now is filled with all kinds of unrighteousness and evil and covetousness. Think of this list now. Malice, they're full of envy and murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They're, okay, it gets this bad. They're gossips and slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, Boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents. 2 Timothy 3, Paul writes to the church, but understand this, in the last days, there'll become times of difficulties for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful and unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous. Paul writes to a church in Rome and says, let everybody be subject to the governing authorities. There is no authority except from God. Mom and dad are from God. The government is from God. Pastors are from God. There. For whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. And those who resist will incur judgment. Pay to all who is owed to them. Taxes to whom taxes are owed. Revenue to whom revenue is owed. Respect to whom respect is owed. Honor to whom honor is owed. Then we go on and it says in Ephesians 5. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and is himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, you need to submit and love your wives. As Christ loved the church, you better submit yourself to Christ and sacrificially love her. Ephesians 6, children, obey your parents in the Lord. This is right. Honor your father and mother, 
Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. You better not do that. But bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And slaves, obey your earthly masters and fear with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ. I think we can apply that to the workplace. As you would to Christ, work for your employer. Rendering service with goodwill as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this will receive back from the Lord, whether he is free or a slave. Two more passages. Obey your leaders and submit to them for your leaders. These are pastors. They are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Would you let them do their job with joy and not with groaning? For that would be of no advantage to you. 1 Thessalonians 5, we ask you, brothers, to respect or honor those who labor among you in the word and are over in the Lord and admonish you to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Now back to the fifth commandment. How does all those passages, Old and New Testament, passages about marriages and passages about Children and parents, that seems a little more obvious. Uh, paying taxes and respect to the govern- governors and what does relationship to pastors and the discipline and possible stoning in the Old Testament, how do they relate together? I want us to ponder the intent and the heart behind the fifth commandment. The fifth commandment says, honor your father and mother. What was God revealing to Israel as he was beginning the first of the six commandments that relate to our relationship with others? Do you understand that? We've made a shift in the Ten Commandments. Commandments with one through four were our relationship with God. No other gods before me. And I heard and how he has instructed me. And I better honor his name above all names if I love him and he's my only God. And I need to keep the Sabbath holy. Or I need the Lord's day. And I need, we gather to worship him. And I, I honor him and revere him. Now we move to this fifth one. And it, from five through ten, God gives us instructions of how we are to love our neighbor as ourselves, as lovers of God. If I love God, how how do I now live with everybody else in this world? And it starts with, hey, you're born into a home. And the very first people that you're called to, you're to honor and love them as your neighbor because God has put you there. And in so loving your, your very parents and honoring them, you're honoring God's way of caring for you. And in so doing, you're honoring God. So... What I want to do this morning, in just a few minutes, is I want, to just, I want to just ask three questions. How does this fifth commandment instruct us, just in general? That's, that's going to be the biggest portion. And then, how does this passage make us confess our sins? I mean, I think it's just, we're going to hear it and we'll go, oh man, I, I got, oh God, help me, forgive me. I'm this way, but God, please have mercy. And then lastly, how does this passage move us to gratitude? Because I, I want you to be really grateful at the end of the sermon. I simply want to say this, three things about how this passage, how this passage instructs us as a people, all of us, not just teens and not just kids, and all of us. Here's three things I want to state. It, before I say these three things, this passage directs us to honor the human authorities that God has given to us. Okay? This commandment instructs you and me 
to honor the authorities that God has put into our lives. So here are three things about that. We are all, number one, we are all under imperfect and sinful human authorities. We are. Every one of us. We all were born into this world, given human authorities. They're imperfect, they're sinful, and God, this is God's design plan. And it's important for us to realize that. We do not escape authority. Beware of a person that is unwilling to accept being under anybody, anybody's authority. We are all under God's authority. I am under Jesus' authority. I am under the congregation's authority in the way we structure it. As I submit to the congregation and you submit to me, there's a mutual submission. There's a, there's a team of elders and there's the leadership of the church that I am to submit myself to. I, I am to be that way. Husbands submit to Christ. They are to submit to the church and to the discipline of the church. There are children are called to submit to their parents in all things. We are to submit to our bosses. There are employers. We have committed to work for them. That doesn't mean we have a lifetime commitment. But we are, while we're under the employ, we are to submit to them and to honor them. The same would be true of our teachers and to others that God has put into our lives. The same would be true. It's unique, but in our country, that is of the people, by the people, and for the people. And we are part of that, that government. We are to show honor to kings and rulers and governors as is due them. We are to pay our taxes. We are to, to follow their instructions and laws. And we are part of, to be part of the process of making better laws that reflect the glory of God. But that's a different sermon. But we all are under imperfect and sinful human authorities. Jesus was born in a family with an imperfect dad that sinned. And a mom that sinned. Number two, our human authorities get their authority from God. It's really important for us to understand, and I think the heart behind this fifth commandment is when God said, honor your father and mothers, he's saying, I want it to be ingrained in you that I have put mom and dad and other authorities in your life, and they get their authority, and it's a delegated, it's self-authenticating authorities. They're not, they don't get it from themselves. I've delegated it to them. And so they get their authority from me. We get that in Romans 13. All authority that we have, every person, all, there's no authority except from God and that those that exist have been instituted by God. Mom and dad, you represent God in your authority to your children. You have every, you have all the duty in the world that you must do the best you can to look to what God says about how you exercise that authority. Because you will give an account. There is no authority without accountability and you will be held account by how you take that authority. You need to, as Paul says, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and nurture of the Lord. We are called to be just and faithful and wise in our dealings. We are to be tender-hearted and compassionate. We need to let the Holy Spirit work in us and that the fruit of the Spirit guide and direct us. All human authorities get their authority from God. Even the atheist father, even the worst boss, even the worst governor. Nebuchadnezzar, 
the wicked Babylonian leader who may have been converted in the book of Daniel, he was God's authority. So was Nero. So was the emperor of Rome at the time of Paul writing Romans. And so all human authorities get their authority from God. Which means, I want you to get this clear. You already know this, but I just got to say it and say it again. This is always the higher authority, God's word and God's will. And so sometimes in our sinful human authorities, they will give us instructions. They will tell us to do something that is against God's holy word, dishonors Christ. We are not under obligation to obey them, but we will obey God rather than men, according to Acts 5. And so we need to understand that. But thirdly, we are to properly honor our human authorities, properly honor our human authorities as a way of loving God. I know there's a lot of teens in this room or children, those maybe you're out of teenhood, but you're still living with your parents. And there are others that are, are taking care of their parents or in contact with their parents. You have parents that are aging and you're caring for them. We are all called to properly honor our human authorities as a way of loving. God. I'm thankful that I have observed as a pastor, many of you loving and honoring your mother and your father, caring for them, taking them to the hospital, bringing them flowers, visiting them, praying for them, cherishing them, supporting them when they need. God has called us to do that. Honoring our father and mother. I'm going to primarily today apply this primarily to parents because that's what the fifth commandment specifically calls us to. But in application, it is a principle that is meant to go in all realms of our life. Wherever our authority is, we are to honor them properly as a human authority, as a way of loving God. So I'm going to jump to parents and children. But I'm going to, before I say that, you have an opportunity this week to love God the way you honor your boss or your company that you work with. You have an opportunity to love God by the way you treat your teacher this week. How you, how you treat your pastor or how you treat others in authority in your life might be, I'm, I'm going to talk about what honor is in just a minute. So, but clearly the fifth commandment says, children, no matter what age you are, honor your mother and your father. Properly honor them. So what does that mean? I guess I want to give to you, I guess I want to say honoring. How do we honor? We show honor in a proper way when our words, our actions, our attitudes, and our thoughts, because God knows our thoughts, include at least five things. So you have your hand here, five things. When we honor our parents, when we honor properly the authorities, we are going to show them reverence. We are to show them obedience. We are to show them sub or, or submission, obedience or submission. We are to show them faithfulness. We are to show them gratitude. And we are to show them patience. Parents, we need to teach our children and pray for our children, have a goal and a desire that our children would grow, that in their heart, in their words, their actions, and their attitudes, 
By God's spirit, they will grow to have a reverence, submission, faithfulness, gratitude, and patience to not only to you as a parent, but to the authorities in my life, their life. I have five kids, and my prayer, I really, God has helped me think this way, and I hope you think this way, is one of the biggest reasons why I need to get my, my children to honor, meaning to revere, submit, be faithful, grateful, and patient with me, is not for me's sake, not for my sake, but because they are growing up in a world where God has given them authorities, most importantly, God. And I am shaping into them, I want to shape them to say, the greatest authority is God, and you are to show him submission, reverence, faithfulness, gratitude. We don't show God patience. That's one thing, because he is never wrong. But we have to be patient because we have to wait upon the Lord. So with that said, just let, me, let me just say a few things about each one of these. All of us, to our authorities, we owe them when we say, when we're to honor our parents or, or whoever, reverence. Reverence could mean respect. It means treating people special and with due respect to their title. Here's the tricky thing. A lot of times, parents, we are not very respectable, and we are not very honorable, and our kids still need to honor us. And every time we live in a dishonoring way, we are actually provoking them to anger and tempting them because it is very hard to honor an unhonorable person, especially a young person. And so we need to do the best we can. Now, to be fair, there are times when they're blind and they think we're being unhonorable or dishonorable when in reality, they're blind to where we are. But oh, we, all of us, we need to show reverence to our authority. We need, we need to show a type of respect from the heart, and it's anchored to God. You, how, do you, how do you show honor to somebody, whether they're a great parent or they're not a great parent? Where do you get the strength to do that? It comes from a heart that starts to say, God, you're good. You put them in my life. You said that if my obedience to you is always the best, and I trust you, and so because of your, for your name's sake, as an act of being able to love you, I am going to seek to honor dad and mom, even in the situation of where I disagree. And I'm going to show, honoring means that we're careful how we talk to them and about them. When you're young and in the home, that means you don't talk back to them. You don't scold them. You don't correct them. You don't act as though you're the boss. You don't speak in imperatives and commands. Not because, it should never be because your parents are going to be violent at you. But it's because you cherish what God has said. Reverence means that we talk to our parents. It means we listen to them. We care about their day and we ask them about it. That, 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 matter, that doesn't matter what age you're in. And then it's doing what you're told. I said to the young ones here. It's doing what you're told, when you're told, with the right heart attitude. That's why Paul says, honor your father and mother, and he connected it right with, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. It is right for children in the home to obey their parents. And that means that we need to teach them and ask God to help them. And I'm calling you young people, 
Because I know that Pastor Mike has talked about your relationship with your parents. The, the youth ministry has talked about this. And I know it's a hard thing. And some of you even have accountability groups praying for each other. How are you doing in your family life? Are you honoring? Are you responding well to your, your mom and your dad? And help each other in this. But this means that you are called to do what your parents tell you to do, even when you don't want to. Obedience isn't, I get to do what, God, what my parents say to do when I want to do it. That's not obedience. That's doing what you want to do. Submission is yielding to their authority. And I am not talking about if they tell you to sin. But it means yielding to their authority even when you don't think it's the wisest or the smart thing to do. Because I'll tell you what, there's a lot of rules that your parents are going to have now that you think are really unwise, really unnecessary. And someday you'll go, that made a lot of sense. Uh, most of us will testify that our parents are a lot smarter than we thought we were, they are when we actually become parents ourselves. And oh, I pray that to, today, this year, you will so glorify God, young people, that you will show the world, your peers, those that you're connecting on social media with and those that you're at school with, those that are in your youth group, those you connect with, they will actually get to see a glimpse of somebody that submits to authority for the Lord's sake because God has started to change their heart. And they're like, why do you do what they say? Because God is good. And he's called me to this station of life. My main job right now is to honor and obey my parents. And in so doing, I get to show his goodness in my life. That he is my God. This requires a dying to self. Last word on submission. This is, this is, this is a freebie to you, all you young people. Obedience means listening. It means being attentive to what they have to say. I mean, you're really good listeners if your parents are offering you something you really want and have been waiting for. But we, also, we all are not very good listeners when we don't want something. But I would encourage you to look at the Old Testament, how many times God said, remember to do what I've commanded. Remember the book. Remember the law. Obedience says, I'm going to remember. I'm going to take it into my memory because I treasure it. And I value it because ultimately God has called me to this. And lastly, we are, we are called to... We are to remember and to listen. Okay, that's the last, that's on submission. Third, faithfulness. This is to young people, but this is also to all who are parents, are, are adults that are caring for adult, other, our, our parents. We are to be faithful to them. Honoring means being true to them, not forgetting or abandoning them. It might mean writing them or texting them and definitely calling them, and if you can, visiting them. It is a loyalty and a commitment to their care. Paul said in the epistles, if you do not care for your family, you are worse than an unbeliever. That was probably in the context of caring for your, adult, your, your aging parents. There was no social security. You care for them. And we are to care. I'm so thankful I got to be in the home of a, a Members, the Blackmers, as they watched mom die in their home. And we had a little service while the body was still there. And we praised God that she had faith in Christ. And in many ways, I just praise God that all these, this family was able to gather around and actually see 
an honoring of Barb and Jay, honoring mother and mother-in-law. And so we are to honor, we are to be faithful, we are to be true. We are to not speak negatively or mock our parents. We are to help them when they are in need. We are to pray for them. One of the ways in which the Pharisees and hypocrites in the New Testament were disobeying honoring their commandment, this honoring commandment was they made these little laws where they would pledge all their money to the church or to the synagogue so that, so that money wouldn't go to their parents. They, had this, they, they did these little things so that they wouldn't have to support their parents and say, well, it's for spiritual reasons. I can't help you, mom and dad. And he said, you hypocrites. You're making up these rules and you ignore the laws of God. It's, it includes gratitude. We are to spend, mom, and, mom spends hours making supper that you don't like. Mom, thank you. Mom, thank you for doing the laundry, or thank you for teaching us to do the laundry. And God, Mom, Dad, thank you for supporting us, and Mom, thanks for working so hard. Mom, Dad, thank you for being already in bed, or before I even get up, that you do for me. This is to remind us that God is always working for us, and so he has given us our parents as a reminder. Gratitude is one of the ways, and di- Ingratitude is one of the ways we dishonor our moms and dads. And we are to thank God for our authority in our lives. Lastly, patience. The way we honor mom and dad now and at any age is we need to show patience. I beg of it. My five kids, look, and I think Mary went back. Four of them are in here. All four of them need a lot of patience for me. I can get grumpy, or I can be short or inconsistent. I can, I can make foolish decisions, and I can get angry, and I need their patience. It doesn't mean that they can disobey. It doesn't mean they have the right now to say, well, you violated this, now I get to be dishonorable, or I don't have to honor you anymore. But boy, They need patience. You need patience. Plan to have patience. Honoring requires patience to your parents if you're in the home. And if you're already out of the home and you're helping aging parents, it requires patience. I know that they have problems, either sins or imperfections or things that would naturally bother me, but I love them and I'm going to care for them. I say this to my kids, and I want to say this to you parents to make sure you have this kind of support to your kids. I want my kids, not in the me about that command, I want them to obey and comply, but I want them to be able to come to me, and I, want, I tell them, and I want to tell them repeatedly, if you disagree with a thing that we're doing, or if you think I've sinned against you, please come to me. I will not get mad at you. I will listen to you, and I will try to confess if I have sinned against you, because every mom and dad, you need to regularly say, I'm sorry to your kids when you sin, because believe it, if you do. You sin against your kids. And when you see it, you need, if you never think you sin against your kids, please talk to me, and I would love to help point things that you do. <laughs> I'll be a grace of humility. But I think you already know that. Your kids need you to acknowledge their sin and confess it. My, my, he will not 
be bothered by me saying this. My dad sometimes yelled. He never screamed. He was never violent. He would yell sometimes. He'd get mad. And here comes dad walking up the steps. I know exactly what he's doing. Hey, son. Sorry for yelling. That was wrong. I was impatient. It was wrong of me, my sin. Please forgive me. You need to do this, but I didn't handle that right. Man, what, what grace, what mercy. We need to show parent, parent patience to our kids. We need to show parent, patience to our parents. That means showing patience to our older parents. And parents, we must not provoke our children to anger. Lastly, I want to say on this, parents, we need to provide a protection for our kids against ourselves. And part of that is the church. I tell my kids, kids, if I will not listen to truth and I'm living in sin, and if you or mom approach me and I do not respond well to it, and I can persist in that sin, whether that be angry, anger or violence or in any sin, you should go to the pastors of this church and talk to them about it. And I have no right to get mad at you because you were not dishonoring. You've approached me and then you went to the proper authorities because I need to be under God's discipline. And so you should tell your kids that. They need to have the protection. You're not this tyrant. You're not the universal authority in their lives. God is. And God has put different people in your life to protect you and, and mom. All of this, parents. We must cherish, honor, and love them. Okay, with all that said, I get to the end. I just want to say, this should lead us to confess our sins. About what? Confessing is the humble and honest act of naming our sins to God or to the offending party. If you've sinned against your parents or your kids, today, you should go to them and say, Mom and Dad, I, I have not honored you. And tell them in a specific way you haven't honored them. And say, would you forgive me? And parents, you have to forgive them if you're a Christian. Jesus tells you you do. And children, you need to, you, if you're in the Lord, you need to forgive your parents. And parents, you need to go to them and confess your sin against them. So, uh, and then we need to take it to God and say, God, I, I have sinned against you and I need your help. Please forgive me and help me in the future. And if you have a chronic problem of anger or foolishness in some way, and I hope you have a self-awareness to know this. You better get help from one of the elders here or mature men in this church. Do not be alone, but get help. The fifth commandment should cause us to confess our sins because we all know that we fail to honor our parents and our authorities. In fact, we don't just not honor them, we dishonor them. It's not enough to, to not dishonor. We are to honor proactively. And so often we don't honor them for God's sake. Let us honor them for God's sake. Let's confess that. And so often we don't take this command serious. Oh, that's a respectable sin. All of us disobey. All of us dishonor. That's just the way it is today. Haven't you watched Disney movies? It's a grievous sin against God because God is our authority and he is teaching us now to submit to his authorities. And we must confess because we do not often lead our children well. So, let's pause here for a minute. Would you do that? Would you confess to the Lord if, if your conscience has been so moved to do so?
Father, I pray that insofar as these brothers and sisters have confessed their sins to you, and I pray that they would confess in Jesus' name because it is only on his merit that we have forgiveness, that they would know that their sins are forgiven in Jesus Christ, and they would enjoy the grace of that forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I want to conclude as we, we're about to come to the table. The table reminds us that God is our Father and Jesus is our Savior. How can this heavy sermon about man... I, 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 dro- I drove into with the five kids this morning because Molly's in Minneapolis with her family. And I was driving in and I said, kids, you're going to get a spanking this morning with my sermon. And they all go, we know what you mean. And, and they laughed about it. And I, and, I, and I said, so there is that. But I want to end with, this command is really good. Our authority is a good gift from a really wise God. Every good gift and every perfect comes from above. Oh, parents, let's make the authority goodness really good. And our authority is meant to be for our protection and care. And I pray that we would be that way. And I want you to know and be grateful, brothers and sisters and young people, that God will judge all unruly authority and he will bring into account vengeance is mine. I will repay, says, says the Lord. He will write all accounts, all your obedience and honor when you have a dishonoring parent. God will not turn a blind eye to that, but will reward you. But lastly, I just want to appeal to you. You have a really good father. You have a really good father. And he is better than all of the best fathers on this earth. And this father has adopted you. This father in bringing many sons to glory actually made Jesus, brought Jesus into the world in order that Jesus might be the perfect, obedient, older brother for us all. In fact, I'm going to invite the worship So what does this table have to do with the fifth commandment? If you are true Christians, God is your true father and he is always good and he is always really wise. He has, in his sovereignty, custom fit your parents for you. And he loves you, and someday he'll wipe away all tears, and everything will be worth it. He has adopted you in his son. He loves you, and he is committed to eternal care for you. He delights in you. And more than that, the fifth commandment must remind us that the the best of us are really terrible in ourselves. We're, We're not obedient. We're always wanting to go our own way. We needed a Savior, and that Savior, Jesus Christ, came. And the New Testament describes this Savior as someone who actually is an obedient brother. He's an obedient brother. This table reminds us of our obedient brother. This, we're we're going to right now take of the bread and the juice, these elements. And when Jesus came and he took it, and he, he said, this is my body, this bread is my body. And this wine, this is my blood. And he said, it's given for you.
Philippians says that he became obedient unto death, even the death on the cross. I'm so glad that we have an obedient brother who went before us to take care of our disobedience. Not one of us can, can actually, we, when you just confessed your sin, if you confessed, you didn't like pay for your sin. You, you were to claim it in Jesus' name based on what Jesus paid. Accept me. And he does. This meal is a reminder. Someone was so obedient and so honoring to the Father. All that the Father commanded him, he did. He was in the garden and he wanted to pass that cup to the side because it meant suffering and it meant judgment of sin upon himself on the cross. And he said, but Father, your will be done. None of us could properly say that. But Jesus did for us. And do you see, Jesus did it for us so that we could actually start to become obedient children. Our fighter verse this last week was, all those whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. A multitude of brothers and sisters are in God's plan through Jesus Christ who be conformed to Jesus so we start to become obedient from the heart by giving us the Holy Spirit. So, my invitation to you is this. If you have never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, if you do not, that means He is not yet your Father, but He could be today. If you haven't looked to Jesus Christ, He is not that brother that has taken on your disobedience and gave you His obedience. But you could to today, and I invite you to receive Christ. Pray with, come and pray with me afterwards or talk to someone here. You can right now call on this Lord, and He will save you. But if you have been saved, and that's most of you, and if you've been baptized, we invite you to take of this meal. Come knowing that He is our Savior. He is our obedient brother. Come knowing this is a family feast. This is a time in which we're going to gather and we're going to say, you have provided this for us. This is a family reunion. He has, he has purchased this reunion with his blood and we will someday enjoy it forever in eternity. And in the meantime, we remember his death as we take this meal.